smoke wasted and zachary brother it is sunday morning and you and i are going slow and steady how are you mm-hmm. feeling <laughs> oh baby girl i'm here you know <laughs> slow and steady yeah you asked me right before we got started like you ready to go and i was like you know what man i think so like i'm gonna try not really I'm, but we're doing it <laughs> nothing if i'm not honest here <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's really funny yeah, and you and I have kind of been in the in our own ways in similar circumstances this weekend too. So Yeah, we have been what the youths call going through it. So the youths. Yeah. <laughs> We've just teared ourselves youths. out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Age yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah. anything you want to share about your experience with going through it? Yeah. So we were kind of talking a little or one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was what it's like being an empath, just like empath 101. Um, and I'll start this by saying, I don't consider myself to be like the most, um, the most dialed in empath or by that, I mean like the most cranked up because some people have their shit turned to 11 and it becomes really hard for them to even separate what's theirs and what's somebody else's. I'm not quite there, but I definitely get the fallout from being an empath sometimes when I'm not careful about it, when I'm not very on top of my spiritual energetic hygiene. And so I think it's kind of something we wanted to talk about today. So yesterday I had to do some things on campus. I had to do like some, some group things. I was getting a BLS certified and like doing CPR and, you know, AED training and stuff like that. And the night before uh, I was over with some friends, you know, I had had to do like a, I didn't have to, but I did like a, uh, surprise birthday party for a friend and then went and studied with some other friends and stayed up until like four in the morning trying to like study and all that kind of stuff. And uh, didn't really get like too robust of a meditation and, you know, I did something a little new and I didn't do like my, my normal crown meditation, you know, got up the next day. I had to do the online version of the certification and then I had to do like the in-person version of it. And I was in a group of like six or seven people and then we finished up by like 5 p.m. And when I walked out of the building, I had this like crushing feeling of loneliness, like this crushing sadness. And just like all the, you know, all the thoughts like, oh, like no one wants to hang out with me. No one wants to spend time with me. Like I'm going to go home and be alone in my dark apartment. And like all these, like, you know, these things, these thoughts that like, I mean, one weren't true. I had just spent an entire weekend with people and like, you know, too, like I spent every day in my apartment. So it's not like a bad, like a big deal. And so it was all these like really, really crushingly heavy thoughts. And I was driving home just like, okay, I'm just going to nurture myself, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, this isn't, this isn't my shit. This isn't me. Like that's the best phrase. It's not my shit. <laughs> it's not my shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't, it's not like I'm not gonna say like I don't feel this way as if I don't ever get sad, but like uh, I mean I I can I can't even count I can't even remember the last time I felt like at that level yeah depressed and it was my shit you know yeah. um yeah I mean enough like nothing like that bad has happened to me in you know a couple of years thank God knock on wood but like you know it's it's been a while since something like that has happened and I was like God damn like every few months I'm kind of reminded like hey dude you're an empath. You need to really make sure that you're on top of it. For me, there's like two levels of this. There's times when I have that exact experience where it's, oh, that's not my shit. Like I am feeling a bunch right now. And this is not the way my body typically reacts to things, Mm -hmm. my mental, emotional state. But then there's times where I was just describing to you, like 
the weekend I had and I got pushed to a breaking point. And that definitely spirit does to me like once every three, four months when I need to break through mm-hmm. something and acknowledge something. So my that's I always kind of fluctuate between the two experiences, either like the extreme, like, oh, I picked up a bunch of other people's stuff or like, oh, I got to be in the shitter for a little bit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, uh, you know, one of the things I'll say about that is just that it, at least for me, this is true. I need to have a little bit of my own shit in order for the other people's stuff to kind of take a hold. Oh, for sure. Like if I hadn't been you know, so stressed with my board exam coming up next week and like just day after day after day of just the same shit for like 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be kind of like beat up enough or fatigued enough to let some of that other stuff get a hold. Right. So yeah. um, Yeah. I kind of need something something to amplify off of. Exactly. Yeah. Almost like something to like kind of like feed off of or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you like if you make bread, right? If you're somebody who like makes bread, like you need to get like a starter and then that starter like grows because the yeast eats shit and like gets bigger, right? So it's that kind of thing. Like something needs to like get in there and have something to feed off of and get bigger. You know what I find really interesting with that is um it's also one of those things for you and I where we are both very grounded. So it also takes a bit more to kind of throw us off kilter, but it also, because we are grounded and it takes more to throw us off kilter, we become a little less sensitive to what we're feeling on a every like moment by moment basis, just because our threshold is a little bit higher than some. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I would think, I would say like compared to most men, I'm very sensitive, like, <laughs> we are like deep feelers. <laughs> I have deep yeah. feelings and I'm pretty aware of them most of the time. But like, I think part of what you're saying too, is that we can maybe not turn them off, but like, I can ignore them for a second. You know, if I'm in the middle of whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm pretending that like a baby is (laughs) in VTAC and I'm like trying to give it like CPR or whatever. And I'm in the middle of a thing trying to communicate with my teammates. Like, I'm not thinking about like, I feel lonely. I'm stressed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of like in the moment. Um, And I think that, you know, being grounded can be I, I, I would say a blessing and a curse, but I'm just going to say more of a mm-hmm. blessing, but yeah, it can definitely be that. Like what you're saying, it takes a, it can take a little while to really notice what's actually going on. And it can also take a little while to uproot it because it's, it's a little bit more dense. Yeah. For me, this ties into, I haven't had this conversation in a while, but one of the things that I had been thinking about a lot in like the early stages of my awakening was like, man, I really don't get to experience life like i'm so balanced and really unaffected by things Mm -hmm. and i don't like i don't get the highs and i don't get the lows i kind of just get to kind of cruise on steady and it wasn't until i started to really have you like you you knew like the moment i switched into that embodiment phase of Mm -hmm. of my own growth was like oh i can feel a lot (laughs) yeah and then it really started to magnify and then as i got used to that right it settled down but my threshold also increased through that as well yeah, exactly. You were just like, I remember that it's kind of like uh, in a movie that's black and white. And then in the middle of the movie, it turns to color. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this red? You know, it's like that. You're like, what are these? Like, other what people's are emotions? Those? What are those? Are these other people's emotions? And yeah, I mean, I, to speak to that a little bit, what you had said was like, my my threshold has increased since then. And that really like speaks to this idea that we see this a lot in culture right now, which is 
that walling things off and not feeling things means that you're strong when in actuality, like that is, that is what being strong meant in the old paradigm. And it is like, it's a form of strength. I'm not going to knock it, but like in the new paradigm that I think we're trying to move into as, as a species is that deeply, deeply feeling things and being able to stand strong in the face of those waves is what actual strength really is. It's like, um, it's kind of like the idea that courage isn't courage if you're not scared in the first place, right? Like you're not, you're not brave if you're not scared about exactly. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, emotional strength comes from having deep emotions and being able to, to stand steady. Uh, a friend described it like stoicism, basically to me, like, uh, a pole in the ocean and like the pole goes all the way down to the ocean floor and like anchors in the ocean. And like, no matter how turbulent the waters get, the pole stands there. And it doesn't mean that there's not like really rough seas all around them or really even like rough seas within them, but like that ability to sit there and watch all those things move through. And then it's also that much, I mean, not for the pole, but figuratively, if we were that pole, that much better when the seas are calm and Mm -hmm. still. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get to be a pole in a rough ocean and sometimes you get to be a pole in a Tampa strip club and, you know, yeah, they're different lives. Be Florida you know, man, you're the same pole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd be Florida man. You know, I have a theory about Florida actually. Oh, I think we talked about it. this. Was something we had talked about like last. Oh, year. it is. Yeah, yeah well, you know, we like had our, a whole conversation about like our joint theory on the vortex of Florida. Yep, exactly. Like, because <laughs> you can see, like, Florida is actually pretty woke spiritually. Like, there's a lot of really conscious people and awakened people, and then there's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So for those people who don't quite know what we're talking about, we we, ha- we do have a joint theory and it's that Florida actually carries, it's basically kind of like an energetic vortex in its own way. It's mm-hmm. a really high energy center in the country or the world. And it's just that people are affected by it differently. Those who have a lot of stuff going on or just quite, aren't quite as conscious, um, the energy then brings them into that level fully destabilizes stabilizes yeah. yeah it's like it's it's so much it's like what we're talking about right it, there's so much energetic stuff happening and that body as a whole doesn't quite know how to handle it they get kind of rocked and destabilized and then the crazy stuff happens they do crazy things yeah well what i'm seeing or what i'm being shown is basically like we talked about the chakras in like like two episodes ago and it kind of depends on where the chakra blockage is, right? If somebody is aware of energy and aware of their chakras or like, you know, whatever system of spirituality like helps them develop, then they'll have a really clear energy pipe, so to speak. And so that vortex is coming up from the floor. So wherever you have a blockage, all that energy is coming out through the chakra below the blockage or the chakras below the blockage. So, you know, you see a lot of violent crime in Florida. So if somebody has a blockage at the sacral, um, because of trauma when they were younger, or they don't even have a fully developed root chakra, then there's going to be a lot of like, I'm not safe and I'm going to harm other people to ensure my safety kind of behavior. Or if you have a blockage in your solar plexus, then there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out of your sacral chakra. And you have like a lot of, I mean, it's like, there's a very sexual culture in Florida in a lot of ways, and sometimes a very like abhorrent sexual culture, not like a really healthy one. So what I'm seeing is like that there's all this energy coming up through um and it has its own flavor to it like different 
spots on the planet have their own flavor in the vortex, so to speak, you know, their own like little gumbo pot full of spiritual craziness. And, you know, if you're, if you're not working on things psychologically, emotionally, and developmentally, then it's going to come out in dysfunctional ways. Yeah. That energy is going to manifest through you one way or the other. It's just dependent on the structures you have there to allow it to manifest in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It kind of, it squeezes out of whatever. It's interesting. Like it squeezes out of one chakra. Like let's say your heart is blocked. It squeezes out of your solar plexus chakra and reverberates the consequences of your actions back to you. And it does this in two different, not in two different ways, but it serves two different functions. Like it reverberates back to you so that you can see, you know, the consequences of the intentions of your actions from that level. But it also, it, it's meant to also carry within it a kernel of what you are working towards at the next level of your development. So if you're in this, you're in the solar plexus chakra and you have all of these like let's say you're a very high level business person and you're just burning the midnight oil all the time to use an expression from like before I was even born. <laughs> I've never said that before, but you're like burning it at both ends. And uh, you know, you're working your ass off, you're working like 80, 90 hour weeks or whatever. And you are not spending time with your family and your kids are growing up and you're never home you don't really get to see them grow up. You know, one day you go home and your son or your daughter, like your son's got like a deeper voice and you're like, holy crap. Like, are you already going through puberty? What's going on? And you start to kind of see, it's like a cat's in the cradle type of thing. The, you might be doing well for yourself. You might be trying to do well by your family, but like you're actually causing some pain. And so those things will start to reverberate back to you and you go like, okay, here's a level to transcend and move into the heart where like, you know, maybe I don't work for that C-level employership, but you know, I I can kind of let that go and spend more time with my family and be in love. Right. So these, these things reverberate back to us. Also, I just want to say you and your, the phrases you're using today Mm -hmm. on point. So you threw in like three different phrases in that one. I was like, Oh yeah. Good for you. Cats in the cradle burning, burning the midnight oil. Midnight oil. (laughs) They're older phrases for sure. Yeah. It's the, it's the old soul coming out of us right now. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's interesting um, in a similar way you were describing, like the way it manifests through that chakra. I was seeing the image I was getting. is like, there's almost like the energy is coming up from the ground, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and then it hits into that chakra and wherever the block is, it's like, I can see a physical block, like blocking off that chakra. So it hits mm-hmm. at that level, which if we talk about root, right? Like it's, it's physical, it's survival, it's more base issues and needs and so if someone has the energy flow and that's where that's blocked well then how is that going to manifest and manifests in a lot of these more physical basic survival needs sort of you know florida craziness Mm -hmm. whereas if it's sacral then you're gonna get a lot of more sexual stuff if it's heart then you're gonna have some like really you know really nasty dynamics between partners. Between yeah, you're going to have dominant, like family. dominance yeah. patterns. I mean, that's, that's the way that the, the solar plexus relates when it's disconnected from the heart, it relates yeah. through power, right. And you can have, <clears throat> you can have authentic power and you can have, uh, I, I guess, you know, Dr. Hawkins would refer to this as power versus force. So you would actually flip the language a little bit and say that the, the solar plexus relates to people through force through <clears throat> control, through domination, through all these types of things, through, you know, what position do I have in relationship to you? Whereas 
the heart has power that's authentic and it exists in a field of love that that has a subject object relationship but it exists to bring things into unity right and so if you have the solar plexus in connection <clears throat> to your heart then you have a strong identity you understand your role and you understand where you where you are in relationship to being a vehicle for that love right and being a vehicle for your for your defined purpose you know without without the lower chakras developed then we kind of just like float in this airy space where you know we're you know we're getting downloads and we're very empathic and all this stuff but we have no idea who we are or where we fit into things and you know we get sad because we don't have a sense of identity and all this kind of stuff right so it's important on both levels this is a nice way to be able to understand yourself more, seeing the different ways that you are projecting yourself into the world, or the world is being a reflection of yourself. So looking at, right, we talk about the way we look at our thought patterns, we look at our own physical patterns, but we can look at this on an empathic level of like, okay, what, what, how is this you know, empathic self-expressing in the world right now? And what does that mean for me? Mm. So, so how does the empathic self express for you in the world? I actually was thinking, I'm going to take this back. I was starting to dissect this a little bit as you were speaking, but I had shared with you like before we're getting this podcast, like, Oh, I'm going to share my, my first panic attack. So back at the very beginning of all this, um, I was spiritual, but I hadn't awakened in any of my gifts yet. I hadn't started doing energy work. I hadn't done any of that. And I had just gone through a really difficult series of like six months. Um, my relationship ending, I left my corporate job, kind of just my world had blown up in the start of the path. And I went to an event with my temple and it's one of the biggest events of the year for us. And there's all these people there. The whole Thai community shows up. There's live music and there's all, you know, there's, there's so much energy going on. And I got there and I remember I was there for like 10 minutes and there was so much noise and I just couldn't handle Like I am going outside. I'm freaking out. And, um, sat there for like five minutes and was like, I, I can't go back inside. Like I was going to like cry. I was like, I'm not going back in there. I'm like, all right, I'm going home. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. basically had my first panic attack. It was just complete sensory overload. And I didn't know what was going on because I'd never experienced that before ever in my mm. life. And I was trying to think back to that. I'm not quite sure what the read on that is yet at the moment, but I'm curious what's coming up for you. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's just the, I think that panic attacks can be in a way they, they can serve a spiritual function, like really anything physical can serve a spiritual function. What I'm getting for you is that there was just so much going on in your life externally that was like, how do I put this? So there was a lot that mm. needed to be dealt with internally, right? Oh, like yeah. Things were shifting internally. Oh, yeah. Everything around you started to crumble and fall uh, in order to make way for the resonant match for what was going on inside of you. But you still have to make that transition inside of yourself. So going out into a place where there's a lot of distraction, your guides will be like, all right, like you're not supposed to be here right now. You're supposed to be sad at home. Like you're mm -hmm. supposed to be feeling into this and navigating your new identity. So here's a panic attack. You need to get the fuck out of here and go home. Yeah. And so you, you know, you go through it and like our guides that 
they love us, but you know, love can you be kind of learn sometimes. whichever way you need to learn. Yeah. Love can be, yeah. If you're, if you're not going to listen, then they'll, they'll put you through it. Yeah. And I definitely listened after that, but at the same time was also forcing my hand. Like, you know, my story, like I, I basically was, have been in isolation through my entire spiritual awakening and the heavy yeah. parts of it. And that was by no part by choice. Like I tried and it was like, nope, 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 nope. You are going to be home. You're going to be home. You're going to be home and you're going to take your space and you're going to learn to meditate and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Daddy. That creates strength though. Like, <laughs> yes, daddy. That creates strength though. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, God, as much as painful as it fucking was, like I wouldn't trade those moments of having just been like in crushing loneliness, you know, because wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for because it, it's created no. such an authentic sense of power where it's like, yeah. I get to choose when to be alone now rather than being beholden to my insecurities and like trying to chase something that I, that I hope is going to not even make me happy. Like really, I think, you know, I think it's going to make me, make me happy, but in actuality it's chasing something to avoid sadness or to avoid having to feel the sadness. And I mean, I remember when my, like my personal awakening started to really happen for me, I was already kind of a little spiritual, you know, I'd already had the experience that I talked about in the last podcast, but my, my girlfriend and I had broken up and I had just graduated from college and I was, all my friends went back home for the summer for like several weeks, you know, like three or four weeks, my roommate, my two best friends, they were gone. You know, I had just gotten out of my relationship and pretty much my whole time at that, at that college and in that town was with that partner. So like, you know, everything reminded me of her, like every moment reminded me of her. And it was like the first time in my life I had been really by myself and I wanted to go home, but I was starting grad school and I only had a year to get a two-year program done. So I had to get started like, okay, you graduated tomorrow. You got to go into the lab and start getting work done. So I'm just in this, like this crushing place, right? Where like, I can't, see anybody. I can't do anything to distract myself. There was literally nobody around. And it was like the biggest fear I had ever had in my life up to that point. I had spent most of my life almost every night hanging out with a group of people like, Oh, like I'll hang out with this friend or hang out with that friend. And I'll go out with 20 people on the weekend. And like, maybe I'll go to a party and all that kind of stuff. And it was the first time in my life where like, I really had to be alone. And it was the thing that always scared me the most. And now my solitude is like a thing that I cherish above almost anything. Like I go and I spend a, a, a day or a night with people on the weekend and I need the rest of the weekend to like recharge and be in my space. Um, and I see it like as a, as a huge turning point in my life. And so I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I actually had that fully hit. I mean, a couple times over the last few weeks, like my brother and his fiance had visited and I was with them 24 seven. It was great. I absolutely loved it. And I was very energized during it. And the moment they left, like within hours, I was like, Oh my God, I am exhausted. And it took me a good, like three days to get my energy back under me. And then a similar experience happened earlier this week with a friend I had seen. And I was just like left wiped after so, but I think that's a big difference here, like where we are now versus where we were in the beginning, right? We are so much more aware of our own energetic needs. Mm-hmm. And um, by that, like we can say it's our own self as an empath yeah. and how to work with it and how to navigate it. Because I think 
especially at the beginning of it too. I mean, the experiences are so intense, but the lack of understanding and awareness of it makes it so much more mentally wrenching. We're like, no, I want to be outside of the world. I want to go this, this, and mm-hmm. if you do it, you do it and do it. And then you're just like, oh, I can't yep. move. I mean, the transition <laughs> away from whatever you thought you were to wherever you are internally, like the way you can see it is in like kind of a third eye way where the energy shifts like your your Mm -hmm. aura changes your your internal energy it clicks over and it shifts into a new phase and the energy shifts immediately but the things in your life take time to catch up to the energy right like that's kind of what manifestation is it's like creating something in energy first and watching these things change around you and so the pain comes from hanging on to an identity and i will say that there are multiple awakenings in every person's life and, or you can think of this, you know, in not spiritual language and just say like, there are, you know, there are, there are changes in identities, there are changes in interests. And the harder we hold on to the old, the more painful it is moving into the new. And you, if you <laughs> by grace can find that out soon enough through the first one or the second one, then each subsequent change becomes not only like easier to navigate through, but actually becomes very joyful. You're like, Oh, something new's coming. Everything new before as painful as it might've been has led me into a deeper understanding of myself that like brings me a sense of satisfaction and peace that I wasn't able to get at the level that I was operating at. So I'm actually moving into something new and like, you know, maybe things will fall apart behind me, but like I can have love for those things. I can still think fondly about those things but me holding on tightly to them in some ways would actually be uh, not only a denial, but it almost like disrespectful to the things to say, like, you're only as valuable as you are when I'm holding on to you rather than to let that thing go and to say, like, it's still valuable, even if I'm, it's not in my life, you know? So this is kind of tangential, but not, but I'm curious, like, right, we are taken along our path. And if we talk about this in the lens of like you learning to honor your own space and time like your space alone and to really enjoy that right that's that's part of where that balance was for you where do you think if you have any awareness of this where are you being taken next along that zach empath journey or a lesson that you're kind of integrating right now and figuring out yeah um so this is this is a mixed bag because Mm -hmm. uh on some level, the the call for a lot of us is to go beyond the known, right? And so anything, anywhere that I think I'm going, if I claim that, like I'm recreating things from my known reality and I'm, I'm kind of doing my soul a disservice because it's trying to create something entirely new for me. So I don't know any of the specifics, right? But what I do, I mean, it's it's more so I take it every day at a time, you know, whatever the day has for me is what I do. Uh, right now, I mean, like I feel that I am being called into uh, a deeper, it's a, it's a deeper spiritual journey. And I know for me to say that sounds like kind of funny because I'm already like a pretty super spiritual dude, but I'd get so excited for this. It's this two part thing where, you know, I'm going in so deep that I find like the cosmos and, and, you know, great spirit within me and going out so far that I I'm, I'm completely, immersed in the cosmos and spirit, great spirit outside of me and seeing that there's no difference between them, that they're two pathways to the same thing. So I'm being called 
for the first time in years back into psychedelic journeys. I'm being called to um, take myself through past life regressions and go to the lives between lives and to uh, meditate in ways that take me on astral projections and to do things where like uh, I develop, like what I talked about in my meditation, the meditation podcast last week, like mastering my energy at every strata of vibration so that I can maintain my identity. Like we talked about in this podcast, I can maintain my identity in the face of massive spiritual energies. And so taking myself up out of my body and, and getting acquainted with all of the things out there. Um, I don't want to say this, but like, be they good or bad, right? Like getting, getting to that point of understanding truly and viscerally that everything is just God. Um, and, and is and is worthy of love and is deserving of love and is at its essence love. And then going inward and not cultivating, but like finding the deep peace and stillness that my soul is trying to radiate through me. Um, and, you know, kind of part of that is allowing the uncertain aspects and the insecure aspects of my personality and my ego structure, not to be chipped away, but to be kind of subsumed and like dissolved by the light of my soul. So that's kind of where I'm being taken right now. I love hearing that for you. And I had an understanding of more so the collective path right now and how you fall into that as well as I do too there's and i think we had talked about this too like the 3d to 5d shift it's it's a great balancing like for people who have gone through a really heavy journey the last few years this is a balance period balancing period that also is creating significant amounts of depth and for you as much as you've learned to embrace like kind of stepping back from the world and going into yourself and holding that space there is a level of you that now coming back into the world, but in a very different manner. You are coming back into the like energetic world, the spiritual world. So there is a level of you like kind of coming back into all this different stimuli that you had pulled away from. And for me, my balancing is I have been in my own world the last three years and I've gone up and up and up. And now I'm learning to come back into the, you know, the quote unquote human like 3d side of it and bringing all this depth of spirituality into the very practical. My current Mm -hmm. integration of that is really focusing on my mentality and looking at mindset work, which I had done before and honestly just hit a wall against, but having gone through the journey I have had the last few years, I can actually really implement these things significantly more impactfully for myself. And then it's also bringing that spirituality into my everyday life, into life, into things that are just more, a better way to say it, but like 3D. So it's it's our own balancing that we're working through, but through that, it's our own expansion at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you need to be balanced to expand, right? You can't, if you think about like Jenga, like if you have one block in the very center of it, rather than three blocks in the very center of it, the whole thing's going to topple. So you need to be balanced. You need to have a sturdy foundation to keep going. And what this, this keeps bringing back to me is what we talked about earlier in the podcast with regards to like having the three lower chakras developed and the idea of having 
<clears throat> the idea of having identity, your identity being strong and rooted. And in order for that to like allow you to, to, to be in the world, for example, like what you're talking about me kind of coming back into the world in a different way, the different way for me is that I'm not, it's, I still am to a bit, right. Cause I'm, I'm fucking human, but like, I'm not nearly as much in my life now looking to other people around me and looking to the situations around me to, I, to give me my identity. I'm not being like, here's a thing. Am I funny? Like, here's a thing. Am I attractive? Here's a thing. Am I cool? Here's a thing. Am I smart? Whatever, like whatever quality that I'm seeking to get validation for, like that comes from within far more now than it comes from without. And being in the world before I had this going inward was like what I was talking about in last week's podcast. It's like the, the earthed version of just being swept up in other people's energy, being swept up in society's energy and being battered around and bounced around where it's like, I don't fucking know who I am because I think I, here's what I want to be. And I'm hoping that people will reflect that to me, but that is so shoddy and hit or miss because people's emotions fluctuate just as much as, as mine do. So no one's going to give me a sense of identity. And so it's like this finding, finding in layers who I truly am and that being like the thing that anchors me. So as I walk around my day, I'm like not getting swept up. I'm anchored and I can experience the world from my own vantage point rather than trying to have other people give me their vantage point so that I can have my own experience of the world. So I'm going to tie this back into the last episode to what you had spoken about, right? Like when we raise our vibration, we quote unquote ascend spiritually, you have to be able to be able to kind of hold your own energetically at those different levels. And what I'm seeing is like you have learned to do this at the physical sense. Now with what you're doing, right, as you're going back into these different levels energetically, you get to do it energetically. So you have developed this capacity to be able to hold yourself in the physical world. Now you're going to tr transition that into, okay, you're going into this another level of consciousness and energy and vibration spiritually. You're going to go into deep meditation and go to that space but you're so much more anchored in your body and you're able to handle that. So you can really go in like deep into that and I can see like your, your journeys where you're going are just going to be crazy. I think you're going to be able to meditate yourself into like immense psychedelic trips and it's really cool. Like I can see it and the images are insane. Yeah. I mean, I get that sometimes anyway, like <clears throat> maybe not to quite that intensity, but I'll be meditating and like, I will have visions that are, like very, very real to me. Like there'll be, you know, as like, I'll be, for example, meditating and then I'll have a vision where I'm driving and I'll see the moon out in front of me and it looks like real light on my eye, on my eyes, you know? So it's like that kind of stuff. But all of this to say that <clears throat> what you're speaking to, the being in the body, being embodied, being grounded, and then going higher and higher into these, like, I guess higher works, but just, you know, whatever, opening yourself more to the subtle energies of the universe and the not so subtle energies of the universe. I see us, not you and me, but just like us, all of us who are opening to that as a bridge. <clears throat> We're all in, in our own ways, like a doorway to spirit. And it is our responsibility to be grounded because the more embodied we are, the more energy we can bring through from the higher planes, the more wisdom and truth we can bring through for people from the higher planes, 
the more we can allow our auras to radiate the frequency that the other people's guides and that the collective guides of humanity want us to radiate for people's like wholeness and healing. So really freaking cool. I'm going to agree and push against that. Um, that it's not just those of us who have been, you know, in this path that are creating that bridge. It is a collective right now to what you're speaking to specifically to like, that is, we are those of us on this journey who have been through it these past few years are creating this bridge to higher consciousness. But to say at a collective level, those who aren't on their quote unquote spiritual journey, whatever you want to say, exactly what we're talking about has been what's going on in collectivity, right? We honestly all had our hands forced to be with ourselves, to be alone, to be in our own space, pulling back in into ourselves, learning about the, ourselves, seeing these things. So as a whole, we are collectively more rooted and embodied which allows the whole collective to raise in vibration as well yeah so once again like i think you did with me i'm gonna agree and disagree <laughs> yes <laughs> um i mean i think that i mean i i will say yes every single person on the planet has an equal role in in the growth or the development or the direction that this planet is taking and we're at like a real crossroads right now between you know where is the planet gonna go like are we gonna go towards like development of spirituality through service to self, or are we going to go through service to others? And, you know, we're kind of like, I mean, my guides gave me a drop the other, the other day I had read a question, like, where is your warrior energy most needed right now? It's like, Oh, that's kind of a cool question. So I asked myself and my guides went the war on consciousness or like the war for consciousness. And I was like, fuck, there really is a war for consciousness right now. Um, So what I was speaking to was really just like the unique type of role that us as like, quote unquote, light workers. I don't really like that word because it's been. I don't either. There's just like like trouble putting on a good label for what I was trying to describe. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to use light worker because we all kind of have an idea for it, but I'm just going (laughs) to flat out say like, I don't like the way we use that word. We use it in a really pretentious way in the spiritual community. It's very unhealthy. Can we come up with our own term for it right now? (laughs) (laughs) If if only. All the woke wasteders. How about that? That's the term. The woke wasteders. (laughs) The the spiritual super soakers. (laughs) (laughs) So. How about spiritual superstar? (laughs) Yeah, you're a spiritual superstar. (laughs) Boom. That's the term for it. Get a little gold star (laughs) out here. Yeah. So, I mean, I was really speaking to the unique role that we as, I guess you could say like truth bringers or like seers in the society, not, not sages. Cause that sounds like a little too intense, but like seers, people who are trying to bring truth from a higher plane, the role that we're playing in this awakening, like for example, me meditating and like bringing through spiritual wisdom, it, it serves, it's a very unique function in society, but I'm not going to be the guy who, for example, like whatever leads like a, like Tesla, you know, like I'm not like an Elon Musk who's going to bring through these like wild ideas, these wild innovative ideas from spirit. And then like, has the, the particular, you know, special sauce to like, make it all work and to like have a bunch of people who get that done. Like he serves a very unique function in the awakening of the planet that is not overtly spiritual, but is in its own way, spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the person who works construction, smokes a pack of palm malls a day, um, and just goes home and loves his daughter. Like, that person is playing the equal role in the spiritual awakening of the planet. Yeah. Basically just take, take this whole message as 
encouragement as well. Um, whatever role you are playing or whatever role you think you're not playing, like you might be like, I don't know what role I'm playing. It's like, look around you, look at the things that you do, you know, look at the, the action or the inaction that you take, look at the feelings that you have mm-hmm. and the way that you process your own emotions. Cause that's work as well that, you know, might, it might not, you might not see it immediately in the world around you, but you working on your own emotions has an impact on the collective and has an impact on the world. So look at the things that you do with your life. Look at the way that you treat people. Look at the way that you treat yourself and the way that you navigate your emotions and all these different things. And you are serving an important role, even if it is not this like grandiose thing that you would see on Instagram where you have like a mansion and you know, you're wind sailing all the time and you're whatever, a life coach for like a thousand people or something like that. Like you don't need to do that kind of stuff to be important. You are important. And the things that you do are important. If you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a brother or a sister or a daughter or a son or anything in between, if you're non-binary and you, you have a father and a mother, like whatever it is, like you are deeply fucking important to the world. You're deeply important to the people around you, even if you don't think you are even if you feel ashamed, even if you feel guilty, even if you don't feel loved, you are loved and you're important. You are. You are. You are. You are. I'm going to bring in one to two to maybe five more sentences to that. (laughs) But to exactly what you're saying, your non-spiritual work is still spiritual work. Your spiritual work can be non-spiritual work. Both are equally important. You have no mold to fit other than just doing your thing for you. You are mm-hmm. important. Zachy Poo, you are important. Thanks, baby girl. I love how we both lean into our mics for that one. <laughs> We're going to get like extra intimate and share this one because it's meaningful. You are important. We're telling each other secrets right now. I'm trying to think of a good secret to say and I don't have it. So I'm just going to whisper and keep whispering. I've got one. What is it? My life. Oh, damn. Damn. Hey, walk wasted. We love you. Damn. <laughs> All right. That's Neil and Zach signing off because we love you. Love you guys. Have a good, have a good nap. Hey, little spiritual mama, let me whisper in your ear. I was really hoping you were going to sing this song that they'd like to hear. <laughs> <laughs>